Hi, folks. This is Mike Callahan again. And again, uh, shout out to Jeff Devereaux with No Veteran Left Behind. Uh, appreciate the support he's continuing to provide the podcast. I have a really uh, interesting uh, participant in the virtual uh, studio today. His name is Dr. Charlie Starkman, and he's a clinical psychologist licensed in the, in the state of Michigan and currently working at the University of Michigan Dearborn. So he's dealing with lots of students that are... Uh, uh, veterans and, and other students there at the, at the university. And I know he's got some great uh, things to, for us to consider in the, in the area of mental health. And, uh, you know, yes, we're focusing on vets and returning citizens, but what he's got to offer is, is good for us. So I'll shut up and, and let Charlie tell us uh, a little bit about himself, and then maybe we can get into some uh, observations that he has, as well as some uh, potential suggestions that he might have. So Charlie, tell us about yeah. yourself. Well, Mike, thank you for thank you for having me. Um, as you've already introduced uh, introduced me, I'm Charlie Starkman. I'm a clinical psychologist. I'm one of the staffs um, at CAPS at U of M Dearborn. And um, in terms of some of my uh, my background, I earned my doctorate from Adler University in Chicago in 2017. Um, I've worked and uh, lived in several cities across the country and have a pretty wide, um, wide expanse of clinical, um, clinical experience. And, you know, I was honored to be able to do this podcast today just to be able to talk about some of my experiences working with, um, with student veterans, both in counseling, counseling center settings like CAPS, as well as in, um, uh, private practice, and you know, I think that what we um, what we often what we often forget when working with um, with veterans is just how challenging that transition can be. I've often found that to be one of the hardest aspects in terms of addressing veteran uh, veteran mental health is the transition from you know the structure and routine of the military to then having to having to really navigate a lot of these complicated systems on one's own. And as a result, what we often see in veteran populations is a really strong sense of isolation. That's a theme that to me um, pops up a lot. There's a lot of isolation, stress, um, frustration. And a lot of that is linked to not always having access to um, not having access to resources or not even knowing where to look. And as a result, those feelings of isolation, stress, frustration are going to increase the likelihood of a returning veteran developing um, mental health problems that might make it difficult for them to function in different life domains, whether that's in the academic realm, in their work, their interpersonal relationships. And we see, you know, it usually doesn't just affect one of these things. We kind of see it affect sort of spilling over into, um, into different areas. And I think to address, you know, to address that, we have really tried to advertise at least our services um, to veterans who work with um, the Office of um, Social Justice and Inclusion and Veterans Affairs, just to be able to make our presence known on campus. And this is something that's so important for, um, for all universities, um, just to ensure and assure uh, the student veterans that they have, you know, that they have support and that they have a place to go 
to get their mental health needs met. And that's something that is really important, something that, you know, that I value as part of, um, as part of my job. Are, are there any, um, I know you can't t- divulge about patients, specific patients or anything, but any, any kinds of stories of success or any ahas or any, anything that you've experienced? Yeah, I went a few months ago who, um, after her discharge from, um, from the Marine Corps, had um, had a really difficult time with um, with the adjustment back to um, back to civilian life, um, adjusting to being on campus, and especially some of the experiences that she had and trauma that she endured both in and out of the military made it really hard for her to feel extremely connected to campus and to a lot of same age peers who hadn't experienced a lot of these really intense, you know intense experiences that she had lived through through her time in um, in the military. And I think a big um, a big part of what was beneficial in the therapeutic work is kind of this gradual challenging and some risks, almost like taking risks, you know, introducing um, introducing herself to people in classes, you know, trying to get involved in an organization on campus that you know, really resonated with her in some way. And just to foster that increased sense of connectedness and belonging is really important too, because again, kind of going back to that, the theme of feeling isolated in the military, you know, you're constantly, you're constantly surrounded by people. It's very much a a team environment, right? And not having that was really hard for my client. But it was also very hard for her to feel as though she could really connect to other peers who hadn't lived through those same sort of intense experience. And what I found to be the most helpful intervention with her was to just work through some of that, that anxiety and that hesitation and to, to challenge herself a bit, to, to get out there, to meet, you know, to meet people, to try, you know, even one new, one new thing just to be able to build that connectedness that we all need. You know, the social, our social needs are some of the most important human needs that we possess. And it's very easy for people to forget that. And especially now with COVID, that our social functioning and interactions have been, have been impacted pretty heavily and they're very limited. And, you know, something that I think is so important for, you know, for veterans especially, is to be able to identify supports, identify people in their lives who, you know, who they can talk to regularly, who they can, who they can confide in, who they, you know, who they can speak to, to really be able to give them that sense of support and encouragement and community which I think is, you know, again, based on my own clinical experience working with, you know, working with veterans and people who have served in the military, it's that sense of belonging and community and camaraderie that is, you know, is really powerful. And so those are just some, some things that I've noticed. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and I like what you're saying about, you know, going back to the idea of isolation. And I can really relate to that. You know, you, you, you're, you, you, something has been kind of ripped out of your life. And, and so yeah. we, we close down and we isolate. And, 
And that's not good. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. You made a mistake or you're weak. It is completely normal to have Mm -hmm. these feelings and uh, to deal with them. Like you say, baby steps, go introduce yourself to one person tomorrow, you know, start to build, get getting out of that shell and getting out of that isolation. And it takes time and that's okay. And just keep, keep working at it. So I, I can really relate to this. And I, and I hope a lot of our listeners can, can really connect with that and and share that perspective either, you know, with, with their friends and family or themselves and and take it to And I think, Mike, the only other thing that I would add, and as you were saying that, it kind of popped into my mind again, something that I'll, you know, work, work on with clients and what is what I found to be really helpful in terms of framing, you know, the isolation reaction um, is it's oftentimes rooted in self self preservation and protection, right? And we are completely exposed to the elements when we don't feel like we have the resources, the wherewithal, the, you know, the tools to be able to face these really challenging situations, you know, we want to, we want to protect ourselves. And the way that we do that is to, you know, is to stay, is to stay separated from other people who might be a threat. And when we're at our most vulnerable, most of us don't, you know, voluntarily go into situations that could expose us even further, right? So isolation is often, you know, a defense mechanism. And while it, you know, we just know that in the short term, while it is effective, it, the long-term effects can be, um, can be less than stellar. So it's through taking those small, you know, those small steps while also validating that experience of, you know, not wanting to be vulnerable that we're able to help move um, we're able to help move folks forward in their in their healing process so so what kind of suggestions would you have for for someone that's maybe feeling some of this or that they could recommend to a friend that's that's feeling some of this this anxiety what 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 should yeah. they do tomorrow to start addressing it? well I guess you know I could if they're if they're a student on campus um, and they can they're starting to see that their academic um, their academic performance um, or their interpersonal relationships and social functioning might um, might be declining or that they're really kind of struggling to function at the level that they were um, before even just at a level that feels right for them you know I'll always kind of plug you know, making making an initial appointment with counseling and psychological services um being able to just reach out and know that there are people on campus who care can be some one of the most relieving parts of that whole process students will often say like i didn't even i didn't even know that these you know these services were there i thought that they were you know i thought they cost money and I don't have I don't have insurance, and we just want to we just want to make sure that we're reaching as many students as possible, and especially student veterans whose issues are you know are very unique and and specialized, and we need and to make sure that we're caring for them in a way that they need and deserve. Um, aside from seeking out um, therapy and getting that kind of additional support being able to identify your own support network, family, friends, even, um, you know, attending some sort of community support group of, um, you know, of uh, returning veterans, 
I've had clients who have shared that that's been really helpful, even looking through, um, you know, looking through the VA or just community, community-based resources. Um, that can be a really helpful place to turn with the social, the social connection piece is to me really so important and why I've kind of been hammering it home here and thinking about our current context again and how important fostering those relationships are. And I think, you know, just on even the most basic level, just making sure that you're taking care of yourself, um, making sure that you're eating regularly, that you're getting, that you're getting good sleep, you know, between seven to nine hours of sleep a night. We don't, we often don't realize how connected mood and anxiety levels are to nourishment and, and getting good rest. You know, there's that the hangry, you know, it's a very real, it's a very real thing. We see the term in, you know, kind of a, jo a jocular sort of way, but it's, it's a, you know, it's a real, it's a real phenomenon. And, you know, just being able to take care of yourself and recognizing too, like getting, you know, getting good exercise, staying in shape. Um, is, you know, it's these, these small, these small things that are unfortunately very easy to kind of fall off the, you know, fall off the wagon, so to speak, but just being able to maintain that care for, um, for your body and mind is also really important and something that, you know, I always encourage for, um, for student veterans. And it's e so easy to lose sight of that, you know, when you're, you're busy and stressed and you're cutting back and you're only getting four hours of sleep or, you know, you're, you're trying to be Superman or Superwoman and it just, it doesn't work. You need to take care. You need to take care of yourself. I want, I want to also, uh, what I'll make a mention that uh, anyone out there, if you're not associated with the university, uh, you reach out to No Veteran Left Behind or go to my webpage and send me a message and let me know that you're interested and I'll, uh, I'll put you in touch. I work with a lot of folks that support veterans. We've got some great networks uh, for mental health, for helping veterans through the VA and that sort of thing. So I'll put you in touch with, uh, with somebody that can help you. So don't, don't be afraid to reach out. But obviously, if you're associated with any university, go get plugged into the counseling. That's yeah. Well, Charlie, you got any final uh, thoughts, suggestions for, for our listeners? Yeah, well, I just, well, first of all, again, I just want to say thank you so much for having me, for having me on. And I hope for the folks that, um, that are listening that you've been able to get some, some good information and just the so general understanding of, you know, some of the common, the common struggles and different, um, you know, different strategies that, that can often be helpful in starting to alleviate some of that, some of that distress. But, you know, overall, just remembering that when you are able to take that first step and get help, get additional support, it can often feel like a huge weight being lifted off your shoulders. And just knowing that there are people around who, you know, care so much about our veterans and everything that they have done, that they have done for us, for our country. And it's important for, it's important for them to realize that they have a place in our university community and that we are here to, we are here to support them in any way that, uh, any way that we can. That's good. Well, listen, thank you. Thank you very much for taking the time and, uh, Appreciate it. It's nice meeting you and, and having this conversation. Yes, it was a pleasure. Appreciate what you're doing to, to help. Thank you. And help people. Take care of yourself and have That's a good day. Thank you. Bye. Bye.